So, Mr. Galino. What's up? Hey, everybody's going to be super surprised because I told him this morning that we were not going to be able to do the podcast today because I wasn't sure when you were going to get home, but you just got back from an epic fishing trip. Yeah. How was it? It was awesome, man. I'm so I'm so relaxed right now. Like, I mean, why? Why are you, why are you well, relaxed? you know, listen, man, it's, it's woods, childhood memories, and beer. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, you, yeah. I went on a, a fishing trip vacation with my dad. We do it every year. Okay. And uh, this year we took my kids. That's awesome. And I was so excited to show them, you know, what it was like to fly fish and to hit some of these. You so know, you're and, fly fishing. Yeah. And, well, and, and, and the thing is, in Pennsylvania, like, we have some of the most high-end fly fishing streams on the whole East Coast, right? Is that right? It is. It's. I mean, they're the, some of the best fly fishing on the East Coast is here in Pennsylvania. You know, I mean, I've been out West and I've fished different places. And um, really, I mean, I, I, I like fishing here and it's just as good. That's awesome. Um, you know, so went out to do that, but you know, obviously it rained all weekend. Just, it did. I mean, it ruined that plan. But we did some other things, man. I mean, we're not. We hit the woods. We were just out and about. My kids played by this pond and caught uh, frogs all night. I mean, till probably ten thirty at night, um, just slaying it. You know, we're sitting by the campfire, drinking beers, having a good time. Um, Where your kids disappear into the woods? They did. They disappeared, yeah. and they they were completely dirty. And you know, my daughter's hair was in knots. And yeah. it's not often, uh, you know, an almost thirteen year old it allows herself to get her hair into knots and wear old dirty sweatpants and not care what she looks like and just get out in nature. Yeah, it's awesome. So man, I've got that vibe. Yeah, that's great. It feels good. Yeah, you're feeling you're pretty chill today. And then. Um, so, you know, I grew up in this little town and, you know, the town is probably, I don't know, let's call it four miles long. You know, there, I, sure. there might be three red lights in town and, um, you know, and growing up, everybody lived in town, you know, and it was just, you saw all your people around all the time. The pool was two blocks from my house and everybody met there in the summer. And I had this friend out in front of his house, there was a sandlot. And so in the summers, we would go to the pool, and everybody would meet there in the morning. You know, we had swim meets, things like that. Afterwards, it was free swim. And then about halfway through, everybody would kind of get a little bored and want to go do something. And everybody that had an ability to play baseball would end up in the sandlot. And even the people that didn't have an ability. Even the people that didn't, <laughs> we would strike them out, you know? Right. And, um, you know, so... You know, fast forward all these years, it's been many years, and, um, you know, at the end of town, there was an old cabinet factory. Well, they turned this cabinet factory into a brewery. And so I'm sitting in this brewery, and I'm looking out the window, and I'm like, wait, yeah, okay, so that was his house. And then I, I can see where the sandlot was from where I was sitting and having a beer. And I said, oh my gosh, it's a parking lot, right? Like that right, song, of like, it is, yeah. like yeah, they paved paradise and put up a parking lot. Like <laughs> right. right there it is. So I ran my kids out there. We stood where I kind of figured home plate was, you know, when we played. Sure. And um, I took a picture of them standing there. I explained to them like, you know, this was the outfield fence. If you hit it here, that's a home run. Right. And um, yeah, it's just a magical moment with my kids. And, uh, you know, so I think the beer might have helped. Of course. You know, beer makes those memories come yeah, back with a little, little more emotion. Yeah, I, mean, right. I might have been sobbing in my beer. Uh, <laughs> but it was a good beer, so it was worth sobbing into. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, I love it, man. No, I know. I know. Yeah. You always yeah. know when I'm drinking, I'm always texting you guys. I'm all like, hey, man, just when Noah's thinking of you, 
Yeah. Love you. <laughs> Just me and this can of Old Milwaukee. <laughs> it says it says beer yeah. right down the side. Yeah. Yeah. Old Milwaukee. That's some good stuff. It is great. Yeah. It really is. Is that your go-to? Well, we're sponsored. This podcast sponsored by Old Milwaukee. That's so, right. That's so, right. So all I drink. <laughs> what is their logo? A slogan again? Their Logan. slogan is their Logan. <laughs> you know, it's funny because they just changed it recently, and I'm like, this is dumb. Yeah. It says it's it's beer built right, and I'm beer like, you don't right. you don't build beer, you yeah. brew it. Yeah. Brewed right. Yeah. 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 It's just dumb. Yeah. I don't know. Don't, I don't try know. to get sexy, Old Milwaukee. Yeah. Don't. It be ain't sexy. for you. No. Just be old mud and be proud of it. Yeah. You know. Yeah, like I'm proud of you. Old Milwaukee, underneath it in small lettering, we're beer. There you go. It's beautiful. I we're love beer. It. Yeah. Take yeah. that one and put it in your pipe and then smoke, smoke it or it. don't smoke it. I don't care what you do you with it. You don't have to do anything with it if you don't want. Just drink the beer. Just take it. No, <laughs> oh, that's awesome, man. I'm glad you had a good time. Yeah, it was very nice. this. That's awesome. I have, a, I have a story about the woods. You want to hear it? I do. Yeah, so a guy and a uh, small boy were walking in the woods, probably around dusk, okay, and they're taking a, taking a trip out into the woods. And as they were getting further and further out, it's getting darker and darker. And the little boy says to the man, says, hey, it's getting dark, you know. The little man says, yeah, it's getting dark. We'll just keep going here. And they're getting further and further out into the woods. And the little boy says, hey, you know, it's getting dark. We should probably head back. And the man says, no, no, we'll just, we'll just keep going a little bit further. And finally, the little boy just says, look, it's, it's getting super dark and I'm terrified. And the old man says, you think you're terrified? I've got to walk back alone. <laughs> That's terrible. I'm gonna get burned for that one. <laughs> this is the worst joke ever. <laughs> oh man, it's awful. It's a terrible joke. <laughs> Uh, that's awesome. Uh, speaking of being an asshole, what are we talking about today? Matt bullies, man. Yeah, we're talking about Matt bullies. Matt bullies. Yeah. You yeah. ever been one? No, I have. Have you? Yeah. Why not? Just tried it on for a day or two? Well, I don't know. There's been a couple of times my wife has come to see me do jujitsu. And um, when that happens, you got to show off for the wife. Oh, I understand. Yeah. So then, but everybody understands because your wife's there. Yeah. I mean, I hope they do. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I didn't tell them she was there. Maybe she was just, you know, in the corner and nobody knew why. Why was he being so rude today? <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, and then for today, why is he being so chill? Well, he was in the woods. Yeah. I was in the woods, man. Yeah. 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 So, uh, but yeah, when my wife's there, I go hard. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That's what she gets. <laughs> I'm just going to let that one settle for everybody. I understand. I understand, my man. Well said. I love it. Yeah, yeah. Matt bullies, man. So, yeah, so this this whole thing was uh, is predicated upon a uh, situation that happened here this week with my son, which didn't happen on the mats, but it got me thinking a lot about it. And I noticed that, again, like most things, you know, I start to see, like, thematically things occurring in my life at the same time. It sort of, sort of all melds together. But I, uh, you know, my boy, my eldest son, uh, who's in middle school, he uh, he ended up getting bullied. Uh, he had been getting pushed around a bit. So so let me just paint a, just a quick picture here, and then we'll get into like the the meat of the story here, or the meat of our topic. And that is, you know, for 
for weeks, two of his friends, who he considered to be very close friends of his, were calling him a poser. And for those of you that don't know what a poser is, it's uh, it's somebody who pretends to skate but doesn't skate. But my son does skate. Right. Okay. He's just starting out. He's learning, but he does it. So I mean, yeah. and the one thing I will say about my eldest son uh, that is uh, that is great is that he and I always tell him this is that you're the real deal, right? Like he's real big on being legit, like his old man. Like mm-hmm. I like being legit. There are things I know how to do and things I don't know how to do. But I'll yeah. be the first one to admit that I don't know how to do this and I want you to teach it to me. But the stuff I do know, I know. That's just all there is to it. But yeah. I, I want to be legit in what I am what I say I do or whatever. Anyway, he's the same way. So his friends are calling him a poser, like giving him a ribbing, you know, or whatever. Yeah. But it's starting to get a little bit to like where it's creating anxiety in him. He told him as such, right? Like, you have to stop. It's starting to like bug me, right? And they just kept pushing and poking and poking. So that more because last week, it was in the morning it happened, you know, and they were just calling him a poser constantly. just driving him crazy. <clears throat> so he he got himself away from them because he knew that was the best thing to do, like how to access his tools for his mental health and yeah. to keep, keep himself solid. He decided to rejoin them for lunch, and they his one friend started using the N-word. Okay? And now, these are white kids, mm-hmm. all right? And now, what our audience probably doesn't know is that uh and not, not that it matters necessarily but but uh i have i have two nieces that are black and mm-hmm. my son who these are his cousins he loves them dearly and more importantly is that we just my children were not grow never grew up in a racist right. household right? right this is just this just doesn't fly in our environment my son in particular is very very sincere about this so the reason i bring this up is because i think a, i think a lot of people who are not racist will just go along with racist jokes or comments because they're uncomfortable about the situation. They don't want to make a big fuss and they'll just leave it alone. That doesn't mean that they're racist, but they're certainly not doing anything to like help the, you know, help rectify the situation. My son, on the other hand was like, looked at his buddy and said, don't say it again. (laughs) So of course that just meant he did it again. Right. And so, and when, when my son did it, he, he like, he clapped him on the arm. He said, he said, don't say it again. Slapped him in the arm. Not hard, but just like, just like, hey, wake up, right? And so his buddy did it again. And he did it slow and he reached over and he slapped my son in the face, okay, when he did it. And he's like, and my son got like mad when he's like, he's like, he tried to cool out. And then when his buddy went to take his tray back to the lunch from the lunch table, when he came back, he slapped him in the back of the head. And my son got up and slammed his tray. And it was like, you know. and it's di- on. Yeah, it's on. And he was basically, it was like, look, motherfucker. Touch me twice. Yeah, you know, you know, you racist piece of shit. Like, he went off, right? And a uh, school administrator saw him, brought him in. But here's the cool part. The cool part about this story is that he stood up for bullying. He did not use violence. And the school actually backed him on this when he told him what, what had happened. And he was very distraught, not least of which because he, was, he felt very betrayed by his friends, right? Yeah who he decided he couldn't be friends with anymore. Yeah, of course. And we had, of course, had to tell him just how proud we were of him, you know? Yeah, because, you know, that's a big stance to take. I mean, friendship's everything at that age. Sure, of course. You know, and I think that, uh, and I think, and it was was heartening to see that so many people rallied behind him, most of which were adults, you know, Mm -hmm. to tell him, like, he did the right thing. And he did the right thing without having to commit violence himself, right? Although nobody would have blamed him had he defended himself in that situation. Yeah. He didn't feel that he was physically harmed enough to warrant it, but he was getting ready to lose his temper, right? So I'm a... 
I'm almost 100% positive that had this kid touched him while he was in rage mode, like it would have been on. Yeah, different outcome. <laughs> right. It would have been a different outcome. <laughs> Thankfully, somebody had intervened. However, yeah. he had made decisions leading up to that. And then the thing that he felt bad about the most was the fact that his friend was a racist. And it was just heartbreaking to him. Yeah. You know? And yeah, like, so at that age, so um, just so everybody knows, how, how old is, is your son? He's 12. So at 12 years old, to establish that a child is a racist, right? Like, what does that mean, right? Like, like for them to come at your son with this statement means that that they've heard something and they're repeating it and they're of testing course. it out. Absolutely. Which the problem is, is that that portrays more of the parents than it does Absolutely. the child. 100%. Yeah. yeah. You know, so if you're out there and you're listening, like, we know you now. Yeah, we know you. Oh, like, believe me. Like, we got your number. Oh, believe me. We know you. You know, and that's that's a shame because, you know, this child who, you know, got in this argument with your son for this reason... Um, it never needed to be a part of his world. It didn't. And, you know, and I, and I, and we've talked about this between the two of us, and this goes into a lot that we're going to talk about today is that it's important to understand and compartmentalize your relationship as it stands. Like his buddy still has to make a decision, right? He has to make a choice. And as long as he's making that choice to behave in that fashion, then my son says, we're not friends. Yeah. Now you can make other decisions, better decisions, and we can talk about that, yeah. right? So there's opportunity for growth and understanding. And so, and I think it's really important because the other end of that spectrum is to, is to be just as, you know, uh, just as anti, just as far to the other side of it and cut yourself off from the opportunity of growth and exploration. He's not. He's saying like, look, yeah. right now you're behaving in a fashion that I, I'd find unacceptable. I told you it was unacceptable. You physically assaulted me on top of that. And like the next time you do it, like, there's, there's not going to be a next time. Right. And, uh, and he said, you know, but for, for his communication to us, like the, his, his, uh, his maturity in this situation was simply that if he has the opportunity, like if he can change the mind, if they change their minds, if he can be the representation of how to behave and the good influence in that way, then he'd be interested in, in having a relationship with them, you know? Mm -hmm. So Good on him. So that's a shout out to my boy. Yeah. Nice work, bub. So, a boy. So, but this leads us to like, you know, so bullying, right? So the, one of the things that one of the first things that I thought to myself was like, I mean, like, I was like, you know, if there's, there's a big campaign against anti-bullying all through schools, but it's not just our schools, it's our nation and as a whole, but this shit happens all the time, whether yeah. you have a campaign for it or not. And we see it sometimes in the jujitsu world mm -hmm. and it's called mat bullying. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so how do you define a mat bully? Well, I mean, in my opinion, a mat bully is somebody who, um, you know, well, let's, let's say what a mat bully is not. Okay. We always overstep. We always make mistakes that that's just part of the human nature. Sure. Um, we're prone to go too hard or to let ego step in or, you know, to do something that is contrary to other people's experiences when we grapple. Um, but it's when we are checked at the door about those things and we refuse to change. Right. Right. And we use those things to impose ourselves on people, to push people around, to, you know, improve our stature or, you know, I, I, that's, that's how I view a mad bully, somebody who's not willing to, like you said, with your son, he gave him the ultimatum. The kid can, can continue to go on and, and do racist things, or he can um, put an end to it and have that kind of like reunion of friendship. Right. And we offer that all the time. Right. You know, so. right. Right. 
Well, I think it's a good definition of it. I mean, we we run it to be because we are in a combat sport, so people become yeah. very physical. And of course, there are a lot of people that react negatively, even even in a trained environment where they're being where they're being um, I mean, they're being attacked. Yeah, it's sanctioned, right? <laughs> but I mean, they're being attacked, and they feel like that time where they they just like flip their switch and they're in rage mode or whatever, sure. or panic mode or whatever the whatever the, the the situation is. But sometimes things get taken a little too far, right? So that person might go on to the next match and be you know treat that next person like that, and and usually we find that as people that are either you know bigger, stronger, or you know uh, or at least more physically imposing. Okay, mm-hmm. I don't want to say bigger and stronger necessarily, but just more physically imposing than their opponent, and they use that as a as a as a way to get what they want, whether it's a submission or you know or a better position. And what it creates is an environment of of stress and anxiety for the other students who say like I don't want to roll with this person anymore, but they don't want to say that, so they feel obligated to continue to roll with them. So eventually, we get a we'll get a, a talk, yeah. right? We'll have a hey, you know, so and so is doing this to me. Can you talk to him or whatever? And we're happy to do that, like because remember that if we're if we're pulling you aside as a student, saying like these are behaviors that are inappropriate, if we didn't already catch you doing it, sure. If we tell you that these behaviors are inappropriate, then we're doing this to for our for our other students' benefit, but for your benefit as well. Yeah. We want you to to understand, and we want you to be better. But if we catch you again, yeah. you're gone. You're out. Well, uh, I think we, the last time we did the study, it was like 98.6% of people actually respond to social pressure in the gym. It's yeah. that. Yeah, it's 98.6. It's, it's almost right on the bottom. Yeah, it's that 1.4% that's yeah. left over that yeah. basically, you know, that's those are the ones that we have to kick out that are officially a bully. Right, exactly. It doesn't happen often. Where but, are you going, Pat? Pat, where are you going? Um, oh, he's, uh, he's getting another beer. El baño. I think that's what he said. El baño, getting uh, another beer. That's French for, yeah, that's beer. Fr- <laughs> <laughs> you got to yank on Look, it. Look, you just got to just yank on it. There he goes. Uh, that's what, uh, that's what Galino says. <laughs> French for getting another beer. Yeah. El Como baño. style baño. baño. Exactly. Yeah. Give yeah. me another beer in French. I think it's specific to Coors Light. It's... <laughs> <laughs> well, it sure as hell ain't old Milwaukee. Yeah, you're darn right. It's not. Yeah, because yeah. it's beer. It's beer. <laughs> old Milwaukee. You could go. Beer. You can go to any country across the entire globe yeah. and say, "Give me another beer," and they'll give you an old Milwaukee. Well, uh, obviously, because it is a language that transcends all nations. Yeah. Okay. And and you know what? In 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 almost every beach around this world, you can be laying there enjoying a mai tai or whatever it is you're doing. You could be, if you and you'll that see an old mud can wash up. That's right because they're everywhere they're everywhere everybody loves and i think you know as soon as i see that it's nothing but pride yeah you know i mean that's good old when i watch that i watch that garbage float in from uh from the ocean (laughs) even if i'm on the mediterranean i think i think of home you know i think america yeah it makes you proud start start singing the stars and bars oh my goodness a good old us of a i give it a salute (laughs) there it is old milwaukee (laughs) (laughs) we salute we salute you So yeah, so Matt bullying. So yeah, so if we if we had this conversation with you, I mean, I would say it's very rare. But I will say, I will give credit to our to our academy, who's very very good about this stuff too. Yeah. So if we say that we've got a problem, and, and if if this student needs to be removed, they're gone. Yeah, you know, they're gone. And so if you're listening to this podcast and you're one of those students, you know, I would say that we're, we're you know, it's not that all hope is lost on you. But I would like to think that <laughs> I'd like to think that this was a wake up call for you to to change the way that you're behaving, right? Yeah. 
if that's the reason you were asked to leave was because of Matt bullying. Yeah, here's you know. a picture you need to have in your head. It's it's like there's there's Papa walking down the old dirt road with Billy under his arm, and he's saying, "Listen, son, you got to stop being a dick." <laughs> you know, Billy. You know what your problem is. You're a dickhead. You're like, yeah, Papa, I am. <laughs> And that's why we named you Billy, because because Richard would be too accurate. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so not to like put it back on the the victim of bullying, but I will say this that I think it's really important for our students who are in, if you're in a position where you're feeling uncomfortable that you just like my son, you should and are welcome to stand up for yourself yeah. and say that this is unacceptable. So I, I, so one of the things I think that that happens is that we run into we we run into somebody like this who is physically imposing and they're using that in a, in a negative way. Right. So oftentimes what I'll find is that these people who are bullying are not skilled practitioners of whatever art you're doing. So in this yeah. case, jujitsu, they're not skilled jujitsu practitioners. Um, and so they use what are, what are known as illegal techniques to force their way into positions and then feel like they're, they're dominating, you know, the game of jujitsu. Yeah. And what happens though is when they clash with other with other uh, practitioners, is that that trigger response comes into play, right? They 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 like they're getting attacked. It hurts, and they go they go animalistic, yeah. right? So so one of the things that I always think back to is uh, and uh, Greg Anderson and I have had this conversation before, and he's actually said it to to classes. Even even professional fighters like Mike Tyson will make mention of like when when it comes to like the street, right. Or that mentality or when yeah. the fight goes on, like all your boxing shit just goes out the window. Right. It's like, it's biting, it's fighting, it's gouging. <laughs> it's like melee, right. It's a total, it's a total freaking mess. Right. And, and the thing is, is like in jujitsu, like when you're on the mat and if you get to that point, like that's what happens. Yeah. Now, if you're forgetting all of your technique and throwing that all out the window, right. For the sake of just clashing with this motherfucker to try and beat him. And that person's already bigger and stronger than you. You're going to get beat. Yeah. You're going to get hurt. Right. And you're not teaching them anything. So here's what I say. I say, relax. Right. And if they're doing something that's not legal or not right or putting you in harm's way, then you need to stop that role. You have a right to do that. Stop that role and say, yeah. that's not okay, right? And yeah. just know that as instructors, for us, I know, and I could speak for every other instructor in our academy if we didn't see it, right? We'll back you on that. Absolutely. You know, it's funny because this stands in stark contrast to the original Gracie ways. You know, it's funny in what because, ways? you know, they always had the open... Um, the open the Gracie challenge challenge competition yeah. or yeah, the Gracie challenge. And you know, you see the videos out there of guys who came in and you know, they came at them full speed. But the difference was, is that number one, the Gracie's were already black belts at the time. I mean, they were asking for it. They were, they were it, highly though. trained. They were asking for it. And, um, you know, it wasn't a controlled environment. Right. Um, but but they they didn't go into this like Gracie challenge when they were a blue belt or a purple belt or yeah. even a brown belt like you know they were they were high level saying you know we represent the highest level of the sport you know and we challenge anybody who wants to walk through the door can come on in right and take your chops karate boy right or you know Mr McWrestler like Mr McWrestler this yeah. bring it on yeah. you know no it's totally true it's, and so that's true. that's basically what they did and you know that that's not what's happening in our gyms. And I think that's why I, you know, again, to be very specific, a large majority responds to social pressure. 
which is us all saying, um, okay, this person won't roll with you anymore. That person won't roll with you anymore. Nobody sits next to you when they're stretching. You, know, you start to get ostracized, right? right? And nobody's your friend anymore. And 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 most people catch on to that. Like like we're we're not we're a very social group of people and you start to feel those like social strains sure and it re- you really do just get put into the right st- strain most of the time but it's I'm talking about the people who are you know they're just kind of ignorant of either themselves or how other people are responding to them they don't pick up on social cues or other people's vibes yeah and those really are the ones I mean we've we've had a couple I mean there's one that you know, he might as well have just carried a club, you right. know, because you know, the social cues just did not register right. in this guy's head. No, and um, no. you know, I, I know that there was, you know, we we had multiple problems with this person over many months before it was finally shut down. Right, and every attempt to, to every re- attempt. every attempt to like try. I mean, and change even it. like give, let's hug it out. I don't yeah. know what else to say. Let's yeah. just hug it out. Like, can you yeah. stop? Yeah, you won't stop. Can't stop. All right, I can't stop. Won't stop. Fine, you know. Yeah. Bye. Bye. (laughs) And so here's the thing. So, you know, I, I, and I think, and I believe this, I I do believe this. Like, first of all, those people are on a, like a self-destructive path. Like they're not going to be, you know, this is often said, it's it was said here not long ago, or or maybe it's been said repeatedly, but came up recently from, uh, from uh, one of the original dirty dozen, Chris Howder. And he says, it's not who's best, it's who's left. Right. (laughs) And he's, he's right. Because at some point, like these people will disappear. Like they, they just don't have any, there's nothing sustainable about their future. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're the one that's in like, if you feel like, man, I could wish I could, because this is another thing I'll tell you that personally, that for my son, he was like, I wish I would have done this, this and this, right? Like, you know, I would have done it like this and I would have done it like that. And I would have, you know what I mean? I would have kicked his ass, you know? And I'm like, but <laughs> it wouldn't have done any, it wouldn't have created, wouldn't have made this situation better. Yeah. Right. So if you're the one that was on the receiving end of that and they, they got kicked out of the gym or whatever, or you don't roll with them anymore, but just wish that you could have gotten them, don't don't worry. Like you would have gotten them at some point, yeah, okay. right? But you would have used jujitsu instead, right? <laughs> like, I mean, you can't, if you want to, you can wait for them in the parking lot. Yeah. And hit them with a brick in the back of the head. Yeah. We I don't mean, condone that, but yeah. you could. We don't condone it, but you could do it. And then you can say, I won. Yeah. Right. Because that's what they did. But there's no respect in that. No respect. <laughs> Nope, <laughs> not even a little bit. So anyway, so that's a, yeah. So that, that shit's been on my mind. So I say, you know, yeah. if you're if you're somebody that's in that like, uh, you know, if you're in that if you're in that realm, and you're having these problems, these difficulties with mat bullying. It's important that you, that you say stand up for yourself. And if you're not comfortable saying it to that person, just talk to your instructor. Yeah. Instructor will will take care of it if they're worth anything. You know, I I would contend that there's another mat bully out there too. Who's that? It's the ones who refuse to be taught. Okay. Ooh. So so here here's my issue. And and again, I think we are all guilty by the way because there's always somebody that we don't hold high esteem for. Maybe we don't respect their skills, we don't expect respect the amount of time that they put on the mat, we don't respect this, we don't respect that. I mean, they've got to earn our trust and earn our respect and blah blah blah. But at the end of the day, you know, who's instructing is instructing and should be listened to and respected, right? Just just for the mere fact that they're running the class and they've taken that upon themselves to do so. Yeah. And, um, you know, so there's, and, and here's the other way, place that, that comes up too, is, you know, when you're rolling with somebody of a higher belt and you think that you're way better than you are 
and you know they're trying to give you a little instruction so so you don't hurt them or you sure you don't hurt yourself and you know you don't want to listen you just want to kind of be like yeah yeah whatever you know there there's kind of a bullying going on there in a sense and i i i, I struggle with the term bullying just because like you know we're such a victim culture but um let's just call it for what it is it's it's you withholding any sort of respect for somebody and so you're willing to treat them like garbage and disrespect them to their face so that you can kind of uphold some sort of like ideal of who sure. you are, what you are, your capabilities. Right. Um, so the unteachable. And, and, and just in, in all honesty, it's got to be the one, one of the most blatant um, places where I see it. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. No, I agree. So, and, and, and real quick though, to speak to your victim culture, cause I know you've, you've got a, uh, that's, you know, on your mind a lot is talking about the, you know, victim culture. This is part of what I was saying before. Like I want, I want very much, I think people, instead of being a victim, right. I yep. want them to feel that it's within their rights and, and it is look, that's, I think that's for you. Do you want that? Do you want that? <laughs> I surely appreciate that. There you go. Pat just gave. Galino a towel because he's getting sweaty. Hey, do you feel yeah, better? Here's a proverb here: if you if you wipe a man with a towel, yeah, he'll stay dry for a day. If you teach him to wipe himself with a towel, he'll stay dry for a lifetime. That's brilliant, man. So thanks, Pat. That's beautiful. Thanks, Pat. <laughs> thanks for that. We bring you here for your wisdom. <laughs> So anyway, I say, yeah, I want, I want people to, you know, I want people to be able to stand up for themselves and, and, uh, and to not, and not feel like there's, you have no recourse. You do yeah. and you should and, uh, and feel confident in that because they're for every time that somebody stands up for themselves, it teaches somebody else that they can do it too. Right. Yep. And, 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 you know, but in the process of doing no harm, it doesn't mean like, again, it doesn't mean you actually wait for them in the parking lot and hit them with a brick. Like that's not going to help you. It's not going to help them either. But I mean, be able to be able to stand up for yourself and say that's not okay, right? Because don't they like to be hit with bricks? I mean, well, no, no. I mean, I love listen. it. Listen, I love that shit. So <laughs> yeah, you know, jump out from behind a car, yeah. hit me with a brick. I love it, man. I, yeah, I expect a more. good outcome for yourself. Yeah, expect a good outcome on that. <laughs> but I think more importantly is what I'm trying to get at is that say like if you um, understand this that. If you stand up for yourself, you have an entire nation of people behind you. On sure. this. Don't worry. Yeah, <laughs> like, nothing's going to happen to you. you know, but, what a great point. But not listening. Like, not listening to class. I agree with you. I agree with you that it's... it's. Uh, I don't know if I would put it in the category of... I mean, I don't know. How do you put it? How do you explain it as bullying? I, I think that the way that you present it is correct. Like, your mindset is already, like, pushing somebody away. You yeah. know, you're just not doing it physically. You're just you're doing it well and I, I guess what i'm hitting at is the you know there's you're still a mad bully it, it's yeah mad bullying is really about disrespect right like when right. we talk about no good point. from the very beginning um a mad bully what, what they're not is somebody who like takes criticism and, and applies it and changes their ways you know somebody who does not do that and, and really is kind of bullying people around they've been told numerous times to stop disrespecting people ultimately right you know stop wrenching on people's necks right stop holding arm bars for too long just because you think it's funny stop pushing 150 percent to get out of something just because you don't want to tap right and then you hurt people stop diving for people's knees stop jumping onto people stop you know and, and when they keep doing these things that that goes into this realm of disrespect you're disrespecting your teammates and um 
and and I don't want it to be lost on this that that when you fail to be taught, when you refuse to listen and you refuse to do those things, it's disrespectful and it's disrespectful of your instructors, it's of your teammates. You know, your teammates know what things feel like, right? And and we've been in this situation a lot, right? So sure. you're applying this choke and you think you got this thing perfect, right? Sure. You've locked this thing in and after you you get the tap, they go, yeah, you had my chin. You had my chin. You're wrenching my teeth across my tongue. Right. You know, and you're like, oh, crap, I didn't know that. Right, right, right. Or, yeah, and I'll do it again if you put your chin there. Right. Right? Like, there's two different responses there. Sure. You know, and, and um, to be uncoachable is is a real problem when you're doing it because you don't respect people. Being uncoachable for some people is just, I mean, it's, it's kind of their the way they are. You know, and, and I don't, I'm not talking about them. Sure, sure. No, 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 no. Right. Yeah. We're not talking about, yeah, I understand. So there's like, there are though, and you're, and I, you're right. Was, so that was pretty well articulated and a very good point. It only takes us typically half an hour to get to anything good. So <laughs> congratulations. We're, we're right on the, we're right on the money. <laughs> right, right on track. Yeah. Right on track for this one. So at least we're consistent. So I, I'll tell you this, man, that I, I agree because those people will also often also be the ones that are teaching their, their training partner yeah. something different than what you're teaching. Exactly. Exactly. Right. And you're exactly. like, what the fuck, man? Like, yeah. no, no, that's not what we're, that's not what we're teaching today. And I'm not <laughs> saying that what you're showing them is wrong, although usually it is. Usually. But, you know, it's not what we're, it's not what we're learning today. Right. Yeah. So, and, and, and in a sense, I, I think where the bullying comes in, like, and again, I'm using that term really loosely, but it's, it's somebody who comes into the classroom and they start to take over the room. And and they're they're imposing themselves on everybody. You know, I'm not respecting this person. I'm going to take over this side of the room, teach everybody what to do over here. You know, and it's just like the, I don't know how else to put it until you've seen it and you've seen these people that just kind of like infiltrate the gym and they become like the man in charge. And you're like, what are you even doing? You know? <laughs> yeah. And it's so rare. Like, and again, it's rare. It's a rare thing. But um, you know, just it's worth mentioning. But yeah, Matt Matt bullies in the sense of like what your son dealt with um i i think in the in a funny kind of twist in jujitsu we don't experience that a lot because you're going to get hurt if you walk into a jujitsu place and start poking somebody in the side of the ear just go hey how's this feel hey hey hey, you yeah. like that you like that yeah you're right and it gets broke yeah you're right <laughs> you brought it on yourself yeah <laughs> yeah well i mean i think i think we've learned some pretty pretty valuable lessons yeah. today overall I love it. I think uh, I think number one, um, you should drink old Milwaukee. Duh, that's a no brainer. Yeah, <laughs> right. I think that um, you know, I think you should listen to your instructors. Yeah, it's oh, important. Yeah. I think it's important to have a voice for yourself and, and last, for others and for others. Yeah, yeah. and because standing up for yourself also means standing up for others, even for this, mostly for the people that that aren't comfortable speaking for themselves. And lastly, if you're a racist, fuck you. Yeah, show me who your mom and dad are. Yeah, I want to have a conversation with. I'd them. love to have a talk with them. <laughs> Happily, happily. What's on your mind today, there, Chief? Oh man, well, you know, one of the things, kind of a spinoff, what we were just talking about, standing up for you. So let's break that down just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, what does that look like when you stand up for you, or you're standing up for someone else? Like, like you just told the story about your son. Sure. Um, and. You know, in school, it's a lot different because we've got a lot of, you know, kids who act like children. And I'm not saying we don't have adults who act like children. Well, that's because but, they are children. But, well, what happens <laughs> What happens when you come across this stuff in, in the adult space? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so funnily enough, like, the like 
part of, like I said, it's these things. I start to see these things as like themes in my life for whatever reason it comes and goes, it ebbs and flows. My wife ran into a similar situation amongst adults here in, in, in direct relation to the school system, the school administration. Um, and it had to do with my youngest uh, child. And, you know, my, and I've said this before on this podcast, my wife is very sincere about the health and well-being of our children. She spends an ungodly amount of time stu- helping them study and do extra work and do reading comprehension, whatever it is, yeah. whatever it is. She spends all, I don't do shit. Okay. I'm like, eh, this is beyond my expertise. Yeah, right. Right. She does all of it. And so she takes this very seriously. So if there's ever like a deficiency or there's a concern with, a, with our child and their academics, she takes that very, you know, very personally. Now she's not one to like cower. So she'll move into action. But we ran into a situation where, where like there was discussion about um, remediation for one of my children, meaning they were going to be held back mm-hmm. because of a certain set of circumstances that didn't make sense. And her first response was to take it all on her. Like it was her fault that she did not provide our child with uh, the right type of environment for her to learn and progress. Right. What she realized it didn't, and maybe I had something to do with it is what she realized is that that wasn't what was happening at all. In fact, what was happening was that she did not get along with the, the one teacher that was making that recommendation and making that recommendation to a higher, you know, to the principal and to administration and so on and so forth. She essentially, my wife was being bullied because she did not see eye to eye. Now, she's always handled everything with the utmost professionalism, but she was being bullied by a teacher who did not like her. And <laughs> she instead then turned that around and and wrote and said the things that needed to be written and said to the, the proper administration and authorities, the principal, the teachers, and so on and so forth. And she won. They saw her, they saw, they, they actually thanked her for her uh, for her candid and honest review of what was going on, not least of which was to mention this important fact, and that was like at no time did she ever need to be accused of not putting her child's best interest first. This woman, I'm telling you, this woman would, I mean, she would throw herself in front of the bus, right? Yeah. I mean, that's that's yeah. without hesitation. Um, and uh, and and so any attack on that on her integrity was enough for her to be like, you know. Well, you know what I love about that story? That was a really long story, but that, no, I mean, I but, she, but she stood up for herself and she did it in a fashion that was direct and to the point and she, it, it, and it had just enough personal connection and emotion to it that didn't go overboard, but yeah. got the job done and she won. Here's, here's what I love about that story, Jeff, because like I'm all about contrasting it with you know the wrong way, right? Sure. So the, the contrast is, and we see this a lot too, is that somebody says something about one of our children or about a loved one or right. our dog, and our immediate response is to fight. Sure. We, no, one, no one likes to look inward first. And the fact that she looked inward first and said, you know, is this something I've done? Like, you know, what, what, what can I do to fix this? Like, oh my gosh, sure. you know, but the fact that she did that first. Right. And then when she found out more information, then she took the fight to where it belonged. You know, a lot of times what happens is we hear these things and we lash out and, exactly and right. it creates a, a shit storm. <laughs> right, and then and and then the administration doesn't it, they, they can't necessarily back her then. That's right. They have to say, well, but then you struck back, and that now we have a we have a to deal quarrel. With that. That's right. You know, and you guys are going at each other, and now we have to protect our own or whatever they end up deciding to do. I mean, sure. you, you don't know how it's going to land. Sure. But you know, in this case, she looked internal. She she tried to figure out: is there anything I can be responsible for here? Yeah. And the answer was. 
No. So when when the answer was no, then she has to take it to where it belongs and put the right. responsibility where it lies. And that's what she did. And you see the outcome. It's beautiful. That's right. that was be- Thanks, man. It's I beautiful. really appreciate that. I mean, I just like to see how adults handle these things. You know, I do too. Because a lot of times people do not act like adults. I agree. I agree. And, I, and I'm and i guilty of it as well. You oh, know? Me too. I you mean, know, I, you so. know, and, and I, I think we all can be at times, but it's very cool to see that. I mean, yeah, yeah. definitely. She's So she's definitely a, like a, a, you know, she's an adult. She is a grown up. <laughs> you're, you're an adult. You do. <laughs> hey, congratulations she, on your expert adulting. That's right. She does adulting very well. <laughs> she needs a shirt. Yeah. She, she deserves it. <laughs> Hashtag adulting today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Speaking of which, do you know what tomorrow is? What? It is my 14th wedding anniversary. <laughs> what? Yeah. Yeah, I'll be married 14 years. That's awesome, man. So happy anniversary, baby. Happy anniversary. That's beautiful, man. Yeah, it kicks ass. 14 years. That's 14 beautiful. years, man. Yep, yep. We've been together. So that means we've been together for almost 17. Yeah. Nice, 14, man. 15, 16. Almost 16 years. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Hey, you want to celebrate together? What does that mean? You got married on my birthday. Tomorrow's your birthday? Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah, we can celebrate together. My Let's wife won't it. mind me inviting you over for your birthday during our anniversary. Yeah, I mean, she would love it. We can do all kind of fun things. I, she's often said, "Man, nothing I'd like to do more than celebrate Galena's birthday on our anniversary." Yeah, I mean, this is really nice. And I, last year, I was like, what I couldn't make it happen, here. and I was like, "This yeah. year we can." I mean, she's like, she's like, "What we're doing here is really nice and fun, but it'd be nice if there was one more person here. Who should that be?" Um, she wanted. Well, she wouldn't even. I she mean, wouldn't even hesitate. She'd be like, can, "Think about can it. It's my birthday. Galeno, can you see what Galeno's doing? It's his birthday." After I mean, all. obviously. And I was like, uh, "Okay." It's <laughs> <laughs> kind of weird. Let's move along. Yeah, let's move hey, along. Uh, <laughs> why don't you give uh, an update on uh, on uh, your knee? Oh, what happened, man? Yeah, fuck you. What happened? I hurt my knee. Yeah, yeah it, it it's hurt pretty bad. So I, I got a, I, I have, I, I don't know what's wrong with it because I haven't gone to the doctor yet. And it yeah. happened like a year ago during rolling. I, it, it got popped. It could be, a, it could be an MCL, ACL, it could be a meniscus tear. I don't actually know, but I have a problem with going to the doctor and not because I don't like doctors. I think doctors are great. Yeah. I, I have a problem with being off the mat. Yeah. And doctors don't know what they're talking about. Right. And doctors are stupid. Yeah. Right. I mean, they paid all this money and what went to school know? to learn doctor stuff and i'm like what good does that do you he's always big words man. They, yeah. they, they think it makes them look cool exactly no no i'm not doing that shit so so anyway so and it's you know i've taken to take it easier and i try and brace it on occasion or whatever but it was feeling a lot better yeah. right it's healing up pretty good and i was just doing some like drilling with one of our students and like honestly all i did was step on the mat wrong all yeah. i did was step on it wrong right and it crumbled like a paper bag only it sounded made this like like popping grinding noise and uh and he and i looked at each other and we're like oh that's not good you know and then the pain came in and now saturday my knee like swole up like twice its normal size and yeah i couldn't anyway the long and the short of it is i'm just saying this because i did get some i've been asked about it and and i'm very grateful for the concern you know from our students who are worried about my knee that today i wanted to teach like some mount retention but i couldn't sit on my knees so i had to do i had to do submissions from knee on belly nice (laughs) they're still fun yeah it was it was great it was a great class and uh and i was really really happy um that everybody got that stuff it was cool but uh and i again i appreciate it but don't worry it's fine yeah i have a brace i I gotta take it easy for a couple of weeks 
weeks. You know, yeah. I'll try and be gentle. I did roll today. Just the, the thing that will happen while it's healing, and you know, not everybody knows this, but um, your beard won't grow as fast. I mean, that's where all your power is. Yeah. So you're gonna have to divert some of that power. Yeah. 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 yeah if Thank it, you for thanks for the warning on that one, guys. Yeah. yeah. So so anyway, my knee's actually okay. I might go to the doctor and actually you find out what's wrong with it. Yeah, I mean, just just to make sure that, like, if you don't look at it weird, that it's the end yeah. of your life. Yeah, you know? yeah, it should be okay. Though. Ignore them directly. Yes, I, so it's great if I get some direct information to ignore because I don't like being told what to do. Yeah, so don't tell me what to do. Exactly. Yeah, listen, I was I telling my dad that today. I hate being told what to do. Yeah, I just don't I hate like it. it. And you know what that gets me the most about being told what to do is when somebody <laughs> when when. When you're driving a car, right, and, you, and you've got you've got your GPS on. Here comes the car metaphor. Right. You've got your no. This is a legit one. Okay, you've got your GPS on, and they're sitting in the passenger seat, and they've got their GPS on. Oh yeah, and you can see where you're going, but they're going to tell you where to turn before you get there. Right, it gets me hot. And you're like, hey, listen. Hey, stop telling me what to do. I know. These things tell me what to do already. I don't need you. I've got too many people telling me what to do. <laughs> stop it. Oh, it's the worst. It's the worst. <laughs> All right, Chief, what's on your mind? All right, so I've got a big one here. I've, and so, you know, camping always brings this out in me. I have I have a tendency to geek out on things, you know, which... Yeah, it is what it is. Yeah. We all like little knickknacks and stuff like that. But um, the whole EDC world. Oh, you know, yeah. everyday carry. Everyday carry. Um, anything from guns to knives to, um, I don't know, bags like uh, Sir Patrick Quinlan calling you out today, sir. You mean, a, his, you mean his cutting board? That's an aggressive EDC you have. <laughs> he actually he does. He actually used it here recently to cut sandwiches. Sandwiches? Yeah, he was out. I don't know where he was in out in public. I mean, it was like a public type of scenario. So we have the we have a friend of ours who's a, one of our students. Uh, he's a great guy, and uh, he um, he has carries this bag around with him, and it's got all kinds of shit in it. But one of the things that he has in his in his uh, his EDC his everyday carry is a freaking cutting board. And at first, like, it's pretty intimidating to be in a, you know, combat, you know, sport and see the guy with a cutting board because <laughs> you're like, I don't want to know what that's for, man. You know, He's the butcher. Yeah. He's like, well, you just never know when you need a cutting board. Well, apparently, like not long ago here, a couple of days ago, he actually used it to cut sandwiches for some of his friends. That was very nice of him. Yeah. So he says, yeah. it's the butcher Sir Patrick. Yeah. <laughs> He's a very dangerous fellow. <laughs> they call him the butcher. The butcher. They, they call him the butcher. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. So yeah. EDC. Yeah. You know, I, I've been. Uh, I've been What's your everyday? To, uh, What's another... your everyday carry? Yeah. Well, uh, I, you know, I, I carry knives. I always have a knife on me. Talking to another one of our students who's looking to buy a new knife, and I've got a, I've got a handful to put in his hands so he can, you know, kind of carry them, feel them out, see what he likes before he makes the investment. You know, there's it can get deep, man. I mean, there's some knives that are a thousand dollars, sure, and there's some that are, you know, fifty dollars, and. You know, there is definitely a di difference in quality, but like, you know, for the most part, they all cut and, you know, I, I tend to fall in that mid range, but, okay. um, you know, I, I, it's funny cause like I, right now I'm carrying a Spyderco, um, knife mm -hmm. and it's, it's their paramilitary. Ooh, look at you. Look at that. Yeah. And this knife I love, like I almost love it too much. I don't want to carry it too much cause I don't want to scratch it, you know, but I, I love it. It's things like razor sharp. And um, I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, I just enjoy carrying it. It is. It, wow. Yeah. Yeah. When I first got it, you could shave with it. That's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. Man. 
Um, but you know, I just, you know, as I go around and I notice like what people carry and what they have on their bodies, it's insane. Like, you know, I, I do have a, a handgun that, um, I do use for er- everyday carry. I don't carry it every day, but when I do carry it, it would be the, the one that I would want because it's small. It's a bodyguard, uh, 380 integrated laser. And, uh, you know, I love this gun. It's, it's a little bit bigger than, um, you know, some of the others. And so it fits in my hand better. I got kind of a set of meat paws here. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. How about you? What do you carry? Well, I well, I've got care. I do carry a pocket knife typically uh-huh. because I use it to use. I use it all the time, right? Yeah. I usually have chapstick on me, and then uh, as far as like firearms, I've got. Um, Tell them why you carry that chapstick. <laughs> I think we know why we carry that. I carry that chapstick. Right, so, anyways, what else? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Although, uh, you know, then as far as the other stuff, I mean, I've got two balls and a good attitude, and I carry that around, too, everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, something when we when we first met, we um, we had, you know, something in common that we both carry around a little notebook, notebook in our yeah. pocket. I was going to say, I carry notebooks. Which yeah. is funny, you know, yeah. you carry yours for a way different reason than I do, um, because, Probably you know, not. Well, I mean, art, art is, is your work. Sure. And, you know, a lot of what you're thinking and drawing in there. Sure. Is, Just making notes, basically. Yeah, important yeah. stuff. And, uh, what do you put in about you, you had a friend who um who liked um collecting notebooks did i have a friend that liked collecting I thought, notebooks i thought you were telling me about yeah see yeah. perfect oh look pat's got one too what pat what i don't have a friend that likes collecting notebooks instead. i thought you did i used to find them at yeah. uh at different swap meets and things like oh that. yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, I feel, I, but first i'm going to find out what pat carries in his Sorry. what's your everyday carry pat just your notebook your wallet it doesn't count <laughs> no i mean cell phones and wallets are it's a it's a given i got some personality no no balls <laughs> some personality so so basically pat carries this very small notebook around that's his everyday yeah, carry yeah, yeah. yeah it's beautiful man that's, that's nice i like it yeah i'm not gonna not like it <laughs> yeah i wouldn't like not like that either yeah, you know, it's just interesting when you start to see, uh, you know, and then there's people who could go way overboard with this stuff. Like, um, you know, they, they literally have like an entire kit, like Sir Patrick Quinlan. I yeah. mean, I want to know what else is in there. So here's so what I've seen so far. I've seen a pair of scissors, I've seen tape, cutting board, three watches. Were they all his? <laughs> yeah, I think, well, maybe. I mean. He is a thief. They were on, Wow. The the problem is, is watches are usually found on wrists. Well, well, he stole he stole this choke from me the other day and gave it back to me the wrong way. There you go, and it hurt. See, <laughs> see, he's a thief. Yeah. Well, you didn't see the cleaver like behind his head. Like, <laughs> I stopped him though. <laughs> I love you it. like when you're like rolling with him and he sh- you like you like happen to look over and see like there's a cutting board getting slid underneath of your right arm. Yeah. <laughs> Just taking a junk. Yeah, you just mind to, me. Yeah, it's time for you to get out of there. <laughs> it's it's that's a perfect time for you to say, look, I'm not comfortable with this. Yeah, you need to stop. Yeah, okay, this is not an appropriate thing to do in jujitsu. Yeah, and that's bullying. Yeah, it's bullying. Yeah, um, but hey, give us your thoughts. What do you guys like to carry? We'd love to know. Yeah, no, I mean, not that we really care, but I would like to know. Sort of, kind of, not really. If, well, let's just put it this way. If it's laying around, I'm going to take it. So I want to know what you got. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you or Quinlan, one of the two. One of you guys will steal it. So hey, I think this is the end of the next or, or this episode or yep. whatever. But just real quick, uh-huh. I did want to say I just wanted to say a super thanks to to Pat here over here. Pat George is doing our sound. 
everybody loves it. Yeah. They think it sounds great. Yeah. Everybody round of applause. Yeah. So round of applause. Thank you, Pat, for doing this. He's doing this every week for Beautiful. us. I really appreciate it. And, uh, and you, my friend just recently headlined your first, uh, comedy show, yeah. right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. And it went, it went well. So you guys, we all need to get out there and see, I mean, some of them, some people have seen you from our gym. Have they really? Yeah. yeah. And they just didn't, they didn't, you didn't, well, you weren't there, there when we were talking about it. Uh, yeah, so a couple <laughs> <laughs> they liked it. They thought oh, it was good. Good, good. So we need to we need to make sure we get out and see Pat perform because yeah, it's, it's uh, beautiful. Yeah, hey, one last thing. Dude. Yeah, what's one last thing? We we finally got the rash guards out there. Can we talk about the oh, genesis yeah. of these rash guards? Oh my god. Let, let's let's dispel the myth that we actually care if you wear our faces. Oh my god. <laughs> <clears throat> this podcast is going really long. We need to talk about these fucking rash guards. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so the rash guards. So the way this worked was that we had, of course, we want to do some, you know, basically 6 a.m. branded materials, right? Yeah. There's garments. We have things in the works. You and I, sure. we have stickers and hats and t shirts and so on and so forth and the sweatshirts. The stuff really hasn't come to fruition yet. Um, you know, we're sort of just building our brand right now. And for, for those of us that are into the to the 6 a.m. brand, it's it's just about getting up and getting after it, right? Yeah. That's the whole point That's of right. this. The point of this podcast. Uh, we connect it to jujitsu because it's what we do. It's what we get up and go to do. But it's really for anybody that likes to like meet the day with purpose. Yep. And so if you're somebody that's in there, we consider you a 6 a.m.er, right? Even if even if you're just somebody that supports that lifestyle or that idea, then you're, you're part of our crew. But anyway, uh, the long story short is that your cousin has is a illustrator or an artist, I should say. Yeah. Um, lead storyboard artist. L- lead storyboard artist. Um, and she works for... Archer. Is it, well, she does work on Archer. Um, yeah. who, who runs Archer? What is What company oh, produces man. that? We'll have to get back to you on that. Anyway, it doesn't matter. She's very professional. Uh, who is it? Probably Fox. Probably Fox. Fox. Okay. Yeah, probably Fox. And anyway, but that's, I mean, I'm sure that's just the tip of the iceberg of things that she's worked on. Anyway, very talented. And Galino is cousins. That's that's his cousin. And asked if they if she would do a rendering of us, and it came out fucking awesome. It was yeah. hilarious. Okay, I think we laughed for at least a week before it, it was we put it out. That's there. right. It was ridiculous. You guys should have seen like the first iterations. <laughs> one of my favorite parts about this is that uh, Galino's cousin is not a jujitsu practitioner, and one of the first uh, illustrations, one of the first um, samples came over, and Galino's. Uh, gi belt was tied in a bow, yeah. and I thought that was awesome. It was. It would have been really, awesome. I didn't want it to go away, but it did. <laughs> but you know what was cool about her is when she draws, she goes and she studies, and and so she studied positions. We didn't tell her. No, no. Should we like, give her free what reign? That position should have looked like. No, no. Nope. And so what, the position that's on that picture, you yeah. know, she went and studied that and did that herself. It was awesome. Yeah, yeah. She did it, a great you know, job. It was just it was a beautiful thing. She did a great job, and it was yeah. hilarious, and and we had a good chuckle over that. So a- anyway, the ultimately this turned into. We actually got requests from our students to make rash guards. Yeah. And I was like, okay, we'll do rash guards. And I got harassed again. And I got harassed again. I was like, okay, I'll do rash guards. And so I started this, I started this designing these fucking things. And I started with like just a traditional kind of like, you know, the the piece of the two of us. If you have not, you'll see it if it's a, if you're on our podcast, it's our cover page for Facebook and on our podcast and so forth. But I started with this image and I was just like, this is just dumb as shit. Like yeah. I am not. I'm not comfortable with my face on garments to begin with, yeah. you know, like <laughs> so pretentious and stupid. Right? That's right. 
And I'm like, who the fuck wants this thing? But, you know, somebody wants it. So anyway, I'm looking at this thing, and I'm like, there's no way I'm showing Galeno this. It's a piece of shit, right? So anyway, <laughs> what I decided to do was just blow it up as big as I possibly could. Yeah. And so now our faces are all over this thing. Like, it's huge on the front, and, like, I decided to put you and I on each sleeve so that whenever, whenever you're choking somebody, that's the last thing they see is one of our faces. <laughs> one of our stupid faces. <laughs> and so we have... We do have those those rash cards are up for pre-order right now. We're going to leave that pre-order up for the rest of May. Uh, so if we've not heard your name and size, you know, let us know. I think we haven't settled on a manufacturer. We're going to here pretty soon. I think it'll probably come where in the forty to forty-five dollar range per piece. It's yeah. a long sleeve rash guard. We have it up on our uh, on our Facebook page, so go check it out. Um, if you want one, give us your name and your size if you haven't done so already, and we'll make sure it's in on the pre-order. So we don't need any money up front. We just need to know that you want one. So and I, I didn't tell you this that somebody pulled me aside and they go, "Hey, is that is that a joke?" And I go, "No, it's serious." They're like, "Then I'll take two. <laughs> <laughs> no it's for real yeah yeah there's one thing you're gonna learn about uh, us if you haven't figured great. out already like we, like if you think it's a joke it's not it's probably for real it's probably for real <laughs> <laughs> unless we're laughing at your jujitsu game right and then it's a joke yeah then it's a joke and we're just joking. honest uh, it's just a joke <laughs> all right hey everybody hey have a good rest of your week get out and get some get some <laughs>